a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I uh, can't remember. I can't remember them I'm all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Did you know... Hey, you never called me the theological bull rider in a long time. Yeah, in fact, I think it's been so long that it's been never. That's a long time. <laughs> never is a long time. It's a fine point you make. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm still I'm waiting. waiting. I'm not going to talk unless you address me as the theological bull rider today. <laughs> how about that? Well, how, do you, how do you force your vicar to refer to you? Uh, master? <laughs> How many Where days are left on that vicarage? <laughs> I don't know. He's got a countdown calendar. He's not counting down to the days left in vicarage. He's counting down to the days left until I turn in my final report. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's got a lot of things planned once I pass him, if I pass him. Oh, uh, now, is this going to be a hard adjustment for you to have a... Um, a called an associate pastor there at Hope Lutheran Church because you can't treat him like you do the vicar. By the way, this is I, <laughs> it might be a, it might be a difficult adjustment. Yeah, I think you so. Know? I mean, it's like your own kids versus having watching someone else's kids. You know, yeah. <laughs> you that, gotta, you that's public news, by the way. Why don't you tell us about uh, the the divine call that has taken place at Hope Lutheran Church? Yeah, Hope Hope called a, a seminarian, uh, candidate Brian Flammy, uh, and that call went through last week or sometime, and uh, and he accepted. So beginning July, we'll have an associate pastor here on board, getting after it. So I got an associate pastor and a hammock. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and now you just got to oh, prop yeah. up that microphone right next to the hammock, and we're set. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Do you have uh, played, a... I bump into with uh, Margaritaville, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yes, I have a buzzword for you. Didn't you want to tell everyone what we're doing today? Oh, sure. Why not? Today, uh, you know, we're going to horse around the first segment like we usually do. Second segment, we're going to play Preaching to Hollywood, some of our listeners' favorite game, though I don't know why. Yeah. This is where This is where we play uh, a song and then we look at the lyrics and try to figure out what problems the, the songwriter has, <laughs> and then uh, to try and get the gospel to such a person who might be expressing similar things. Uh, I just got back from the Oregon Pastors Conference, um, at, where the place everybody wants to be, and um, we thought we would... What are we calling this game? <laughs> Quit showing off. Quit bragging. <laughs> this um, game is... 
called Things I Did or Did Not Learn at My Passion Conference, <laughs> where you tell me something that you did or did not learn, and I guess if you did or did not learn it at oh, your Passion this Conference. Is that, and if that, I'm right, it's a 200 points. That sounds like fun. Now, normally, um, you know, <laughs> a Pastors Conferences are something that I think all pastors somewhat dread. Um for various reasons, but I have to say this Oregon uh, Pastors Conference was was really good. It Tell was it was great. It was great. You dread Pastors Conferences? What can be better than a hundred pastors all in the same place? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like when you minutes. were. I think it was when you came for my ordination, and you had you know, have all those pastors there for ordination. And uh, one of the ladies at church said, "I've never seen so many pastors in one place before." And then you said. Especially that they're all smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's pretty funny. Usually they're all grumpy looking when they get together. <laughs> I know. The pastor's conference. I wonder how her- heretical that guy is. Oh, my goodness. Or I wonder how heretical that guy's going to tell me I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the last segment of the program, we're going to do uh, one of our listeners' favorite games. Uh, create a cult, and he's given us verses to you. So we're just going to use the verses uh, sent to us by our listeners at questions at tabletalkradio.org. I don't exactly remember how that game goes. But yeah, we'll figure it out when we get sure there. We'll don't you worry about that. My buzzword for you today is conciliarism. Conciliarism is a movement in the Catholic Church, in Catholic theology. Brought, this is, by the way, brought to you by Theopedia. That the church councils were of higher authority in the church than the Pope. Can you imagine that? It began in the 15th century with the Council of Constance, 1414 to 1418, and the Council Council of Basel, 1431 to 1438. In the end, the papacy was victorious through the condemnation of conciliarism at the fifth, excuse me, at the Fifth Lateran Council, 1512 to 1517. Got it? Is that it? Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's it. That's all. That, so there was a hundred years where the church was fighting to see, hey, who's in charge around here, the councils or the pope? It would have been nice if they would have added a third option in there <laughs> and said, like the, scriptures. the Bible. <laughs> but that didn't enter into the thinking there. It was either going to be the councils or the pope, and the pope won out. And now, so now there is a sola. You know, the Catholic Church does have a sola. We, they, we normally think of the Lutheran Church as the Church of the Solas, because we've got the sola gratia. That's a grace alone. And we got the sola fide, that's faith alone, and we got the sola scriptura, Bible alone. But the Catholic Church have their own sola, and it's sola popa, which how, means pope alone. How, how can you use all the good jokes on issues, etc. First, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. use all the good jokes on issues, etc. First, what, we, get, we get your leftovers. I heard, the, I heard you say on issues, etc. And I thought it was funny then. I said that before. I thought I was just making it's it up Sola right Popa? now. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you said that before. Anyway, my theological buzzer for you, according to theopedia.com, using the random article button, is deacon. Now, this is going to be interesting. Deacon is a English yeah, translation of the Greek word diakonos, found in various places in the New Testament. In some Christian traditions, Eastern Orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, Anglicanism, Methodism, etc., a deacon is a clergy person who usually serves a local church or churches who has and who has been ordained into a ministry of word and service. In other Christian traditions, Presbyterianism, the Baptist, how come it says ism for all of them, but when it gets to the Baptist, it says the Baptist? That's I know, weird. Baptistism. Baptistism. I'd like, I would prefer if you would, from now on, we'll call it Baptistism. Because I would like a definite article when it's describing my church body. Instead of Lutheranism, be the, the Lutherans. Lutheran. 
Yeah. Anyway, maybe and, the Baptists got to our thing first, and they say, "Hey, there's no such thing as Baptistism. <laughs> it's either Baptist doctrine or the Baptist Church." And, and nobody had a problem. There's some with radio it. show. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some radio show with a couple of Baptist clowns, and they're arguing that, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, okay." I have to say, you article, you have caught me. I, I, it sticks out like a sore thumb now whenever someone says Lutheranism, only because of you. I don't. I really, mean, I, I don't even have I, a problem way, with it. Say, <laughs> There is, I think, there is a thing called Lutheranism, but it is distinct from the Lutheran Church and from Lutheran doctrine, and that is, the Lutheranism is the Lutheran doctrine made into a system of control, <laughs> and that is, I do think that does exist. So okay, anyway, I, so I've changed my mind. So Lutheranism, so what we when most people say Lutheranism, what they mean to say is Lutheran doctrine, but there actually is a Lutheranism, which is the doctrine turned into a structure of control. More okay. about that later, I'm sure. Very good. Um, so this last sentence of the um, Theopedia. Uh, is oh yeah, in, you're defining in, in, other, in other traditions, Presbyterianism and the Baptist, a deacon is a lay person charged with serving as administrator in a in a local church. Now it left off Lutheranism. And uh, deacon in Lutheranism is oh wait hold on, it's a uh, let's see a, a, a man who's been certified to break the Augsburg Confession. <laughs> so you did and, learn that at your pastor, and conference. that's the proper yeah that and that's the proper use of Lutheranism. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Hey, we have we have, people are sin- the, that is a great the, inside joke. If you are get that inside joke, well done. If you don't get that little inside joke, then count your blessings. <laughs> a man certified to break Augsburg fourteen. Anyway, um, we have emails flooding in to our uh, oh, uh, email system inbox. Do we ever questions at tabletalkradio.org. And you know, we even have people we're out like outsourcing our advertisement. We have an adver- we have an advertising agency here on Table Talk Radio. Did you know this? The home office? No. Yeah. So uh, our our friend uh, Peter um, has sent us a, a a commercial, an advertisement for Table Talk Radio. You want to hear it? Is his name really Peter Peterson? That's like a joke. No last names, please. Okay, here it is. I'm not a Lutheran, but I listen to your show because actually you do have some interesting games. Here's a recent comment from the Table Talk Radio comment line. You believe that Lutheranism is not an ism that's intellectually infantile. You believe your points make a difference. You have extremely Calvinist repressive views. The Table Talk Radio comment line, available 24-7. Have fun waiting for your points to cash in. I've got a news flash for you. They ain't worth nothing. <laughs> they ain't worth nothing. Oh, man. Man, right. even an insult sounds like nice with an Australian accent <laughs> or a New Zealand accent. What do All you right. think that is? You it, think that's New Zealand or Australian? I'm really not sure. I would, I would expect you to be able to detect the difference on that. But I'm going to um, work on it. If you have advertisements or questions or comments for us, you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. After this commercial break, we're playing some Preaching to Hollywood, listening to your most annoying songs on the radio. Be right back. <laughs>
part-time hosts. Full-time nonsense. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Could you be a teenage idol? Could you be a movie star? Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Preaching to Hollywood is what we do here on Table Talk Radio. And uh, how this works, we play a song and then we look at the lyrics and we try to uh, bring a voice of the gospel to the songwriter, uh, assuming there's actually a person thinking and uh, believing the things that they write. So, uh, Pastor, I have the, some of the world's most annoying songs in the world uh, here today. <laughs> a couple of my favorites. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I what I try to do when I pick out songs for this, and I suppose we could take requests yes. for this at questions at tabletalkradio.org, but I usually go to the uh, Amazon MP3 download and get the most downloaded, purchased songs uh, out, and this is number one. Uh, the most overplayed song on the radio by Pharrell Williams is called Happy. I was I, you kind of pressured me into getting on the air before I was ready to this morning because I was going to make, if time allowed, <laughs> the Table Talk Radio edit cut of this song, and that would consist yeah. of a uh, Joel Osteen amen after each line. So, amen, you know, the, <laughs> this is my Bible, amen. Amen. I was, by the way, going to find a big brimmed hat to put on while you played that song. <laughs> that That song makes me feel like getting a vest. You know, <laughs> I suppose you're referring to the music video, huh? There's a guy. I don't know. Is he wear? Is he wear a three piece? <laughs> I, don't, suit I don't know. In the, I, I know the guy Farrell wears a hat. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I know. That this the but I you can't that song just you need a three piece suit and you got to have some like polished alligator shoes and you got to walk down the street <laughs> and like the birds are singing. You, is you that know, how the video goes? Because yeah. that's how the song should be. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you got oh, it. Man, I love that song. You know, someone made a... Uh, Carrie doesn't like it. So, <laughs> so, someone made a uh, made 24 one-hour YouTube videos of... The, of um, it's like an ongoing music video of that song. So you could play that song 24-7. 
uh, it's just a constant loop with the with the music like video a dream going. Dream come true. Yeah, I know, right? What else could I you do want? I like in life? that song. Although looking at the lyrics, I don't. <laughs> so tell me why you like that song. Make sense of them. Uh, I, I just like the sound of it. You know, I like the sound. The I suppose don't matter. I like the sound. I suppose the main thesis <laughs> of this of this song is, uh, I'm so happy, so no, nothing else matters. I I suppose that's right because I'm happy. Clap along. I can you decipher this for me? Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. What does that mean? There's, First of all, what kind of room doesn't have a roof? You can't put a lid on my happiness. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I guess that's right. You're trying to put my so happiness if, in a box. I, now, I, so I don't even first know what a room without a roof is, and then second of all, I do have not have any idea how to feel like a room without a roof. <laughs> I mean, I am emotionally stunted, anyways, so my feelings are limited to things like, well, happy and sad. <laughs> I mean, this is but, but to feel like a room without a roof is difficult for me. I mean, we're just we're I'm just sure, sure to I suck any joy out of songs when we when we read the words. <laughs> I mean, it's just like. I liked that song until I had someone read the words to me. To me, dun, 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 dun. Bum, I like this. Clap uh, along if you feel like happiness is the truth. Now there is a theological statement: happiness is the truth. Uh, I I don't know. So <laughs> happiness I, is the truth. Do you think "room without a roof" just conveniently rhymed with truth? No, no. or the other way around. They're like, hey, room without a what, roof? What that's perfect. That? What rhymes truth. with roof? <laughs> oh, look at this. Uh, News Corps Australia, Farrell Williams explains like a room without a roof lyric. Ah, don't, uh, don't worry. I'll do a little show. Oh, my goodness. Here. What else Lumpy is on the on scene. Surpri- cameo appearance by Lumpy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lumpy. Man, Lumpy uh, is like, did he get deported? What? I haven't seen Lumpy in forever. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning as I was uh, thinking about smoking my pipe and said, I should have Lumpy come back. As I was thinking about doing show prep. but Ah, here it is. You know how this... So someone, so an Australian comedian tweeted the Farrell and said, what is a room without a roof happy? Uh, And the singer Farrell tweets back and says, it's a metaphor, it's metaphorical for one space without limit. The emotion can be infinite and achievable by all. Well, that's deep. I think you were right. <laughs> deep. This is this is philosophy. <laughs> like this. Okay, so I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space with the air. Like I don't care, baby. By the way, so <laughs> what? How come nobody really cares? There's all these things about you know not caring. Like yeah, you just don't care. Now I don't care. And how come you, you guys need to be more caring in your songs? <laughs> You should care, uh, by the way. You should be caring. It'd be like this. I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space with the air. I really care, baby, by the way. Oh, he cares. I really care. About the uh, like, hot air balloon like that air. Could go to space. That's dangerous, by the way. <laughs> Sunshine's here. You can take a break. I don't know. I mean, maybe this song is not supposed to make any sense. Uh, it's supposed to induce a, an emotion. You know, it's a gets a praise song. I kind of stuff I suspect you're it. right, but Look, that doesn't that doesn't stop us from sense. trying to respond to the lyrics. And uh, and I think what we have in this song is basically um, what was that the um, Epicurean the idea of of eat, drink, and and be merry for tomorrow we die. Is it, do I have that right? Yeah. 
Uh, so well, this I think is eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow, we eat, drink, and be more merry. For, for tomorrow, we ride in a hot air balloon like I don't care. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay. So I think I think this is the, what we have to um, we have to bring to this mentality. It is pretty per- pervasive today that we ought to just have fun because this is all there is provided for it. this uh, this ideology brought to you by the way by uh, evolution <laughs> ideology right. sponsored by evolution oh. eat drink and be merry um, but i think that what what we I can say gonna, is uh, go ahead i i want to challenge you on this one because i think that the kind of hedonism that which is going for pleasure i think this song is actually in, might be a, in fact a reaction to that because it's saying look there's uh it might be true that there's good things happening out there or bad things happening or whatever, but if I can just be happy, it's a, it's more of an internal state rather than the the idea of consuming. Uh, what matters is that I myself can rise above all of these bad, difficult situations in my own emotional state. You see what I mean? Uh, uh, so it's so, a so I it's think a this departure is, from more towards a stoicism from the reality around you. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm going up to space. Uh, uh, I'm not going to let things get me down. So it's a it's kind of a stoic reaction instead of an Epicurean sort of thing. You know, I was thinking about this recently too. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of a a rabbit trail. I was, uh, I was thinking about uh, these uh, crazy Lutheran pastors who decide to go Eastern Orthodox, and I think yeah. the reason is because um, we are fighting so much against kind of contemporary worship that we accidentally replace the the mysticism of uh, praise band for the mysticism of liturgy. <laughs> yep. And if that's the goal to kind of be swept away by uh, the liturgy, but be swept away by the divine within the liturgy, the Eastern Orthodox. Uh, uh, accomplishes mysticism way better than the Lutherans do, because these these yeah. these stinking objective promise keep getting in the way in the Lutheran liturgy. <laughs> so uh, I think that right. that this is part of the the well it is when we play which ladder. Part of the human effort is to climb the ladder of mysticism, and uh, part of that is an ex- an escape from the the world around you, the stuff that's going on. And, um, you know, to connect me with the divine is one way. And I suppose just kind of saying, hey, I'm happy no matter what is another way. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I by the way, have found uh, this paper, Epicurean and Stoic Views of Happiness, a Critical Comparison on the Internet. And I am I, I think this uh, this needs to be looked into a little bit for this song, because I, I do think it's a more, it's presenting us this more of a uh, the Stoic versus the Epicurean. Now, both are mystic. You make this fine point. Both are mystic. Um, but they are a little bit different. Yeah. One so, is finding happiness and pleasure. The other is finding happiness and pain. <laughs> mm. That's that's interesting. Well, let's let's talk a, a little bit about that on the other side of this break, and then also maybe a word about how to bring a gospel confession within the, the midst of this. Uh, that's on Table yep. Talk Radio, and then we're going to be playing what I learned or didn't learn at my pastor's conference. And uh, finishing up the show after that, uh, create a cult. The one and only Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. What other show is asking you if Farrell's happy is Epicurean or Stoic? I'd like to know. (laughs) We're the only one.
In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. Hey, it's your favorite um, artist, right? Who is it? Oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's Stevie Wonder. Oh, it's not I superstition, but your favorite song. Anyway, I was thinking about starting my own podcast just so I could have more Stevie Wonder <laughs> and the Muppet songs in the bumps. <laughs> you said that'd be good. There's this thing about so Epicureanism and Stoicism all have this goal of happiness, which is really interesting. Um, I though um, there the Christian view of happiness is totally different. So the, here, here's an inter- so I think both Epicurean and Stoicism have negative definitions of happiness. That is that you have the removal of those things which. Um, Either cause pain or cause instability. I think that I think I, I can't remember all this stuff, but I think that would be the Epicurean idea. You remove the things that cause pain. Uh, the Stoic idea, you remove the things that cause instability. But uh, but the Christian idea is a positive idea of happiness, and that is faith in Christ. So that happiness comes not from the our own mental state, uh, but it starts first with what God has done on the outside. Um, the death of Jesus on the cross. And this, then, um, in fact, is the way to be happy. So, so that happiness has an objectivity. I am I'm died for by Jesus. That's the, the basis of my happiness. Ah, yeah. I'm so happy. <clears throat> so That's why ha- I like that song. Okay, so now uh, speak as a Christian to someone who is just walking around oh, singing yeah, that true. song. <laughs> I'd say... Hey man, nice three-piece suit. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. What else? I, uh, how about this? This is this is our thing um, uh, when we have our Ten Commandment diagnostic questions. Remember that first commandment: you shall know the gods. What are you? Uh, what are you afraid of? Second commandment: uh, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord God. How are your prayers? We have questions for each one of them. The question that we have for the ninth and tenth commandment is: Are you happy? And so we realize that um, the Lord, um, in fact, requires a happiness of us. Uh, in the law, <laughs> uh, but that that also, like all the other laws, condemns us because our happiness is so fleeting and so dependent on our circumstances and so fickle and so selfish, you know, yeah. so so bound up to the good or bad that's happening to us, etc. And so we can talk about happiness in a Christian way, uh, both as law, which it condemns us because we are bad at being happy, uh, and also as the gospel, in that the Lord is pleased to save us and that that might be a segue to our next game because um when i was at the oregon pastors conference we were uh, the topic of discussion with uh dr peter scare from concordia theological seminary fort wayne was talking about um these sort of uh, social issues in the public square um particularly ab- abortion and uh same-sex marriage and i do um, not think you talked about that <laughs> you lost you just you're wrong <laughs> Oh man! You know, no, no, no that, points. Is that how you. this game's going to go? You're going to tell me something that you that I you did or did not learn, I and I have to guess if you did or did. I not I don't learn. know. This is really That's a game because that actually, oh, yeah, heck yeah, everything's a game. <laughs> okay. That's what you, makes me happy. You play your game while I talk about what we what we went to. But anyway, um, you know, what do you do when your 
when a 14-year-old in your congregation announces to the youth group that he's, he's figured out he's gay, I mean, uh, well... You did not learn about that f- at the pastor's conference. A pastor mentioned that. I mean, I mean, what, what, what do I do, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's a tough deal. And one of the things that, that Dr. Scare um, mentioned that I think uh, kind of goes alongside with what you were just saying is that, um, you know, to, to, to start starting with Christ to say that uh, did, he, did he die for you? Um, and, and, and if he did, um, then he must love you very much and care a lot about you and want um, the very best for your life. And then um, to see what he says about that very best for your life. Um, and so... Uh, ha no, wait a minute. Let, let me flush this out a little bit. So what that means is that... Uh, so the, the, you start with the assumption that the Lord wants what's best for you. And then when you look at the scriptures and you see the Lord's law and his gospel, then you are to trust that that is what is best. Correct. Is that so? Now, so we don't so we don't start with the assumption that I know what's best for me, and then now I I can bring a critical spirit to the law, which mm-hmm. says, for example, you mm-hmm. shall not commit adultery, which restricts my uh, sexual activity outside of marriage, and I say, ah, that's not best for me, so this law is bad. Rather, I start with the faith, with the trust and the confidence that God knows uh, what God both knows and wants what's best, and then. Uh, then the law can judge me. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of me judging the law. Right. Yeah. So you start with that confidence that God is my gracious heavenly Father. Exactly. That's the, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I do not think you learned that at the pastor's. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so far, you're. you're I, by the way, you learned you, all this. You, you lose. You lose a hundred points every time you guess wrongly. So you are negative three hundred. <laughs> This is going to be a forefront. Yeah. Now, the other thing they brought out, though, in, in uh, is looking at how has how has our synod contributed, uh, either contributed or didn't, <laughs> you just didn't have a voice in these issues, particularly about um, abortion. And, um, you know, looking through, like, the Lutheran witnesses throughout the 60s and 70s, the Lutheran witness um, put out nothing publicly about these issues. Um, in fact, he, we, t- we spent some time talking about this book from uh, Concordia Publishing House, 1959. Listen to this title, Planned Parenthood and Birth Control in Light of Christian Ethics. And this is by uh, Alfred Raywinkle. Now, um, Alfred Raywinkle, I understand, uh, this is kind of before my time, but he was, he was one that people hailed as kind of a hero because he believed in the flood. You know, this is... It's probably starting at the time building up to some higher criticism, maybe a little bit before that. Um, but uh, here he is. He's a hero for, uh, you know, inspiration. But um, he was uh, using this as, as kind of an indicator that ha- that says, hey, look, um, uh, not not to say that, not to throw him under the bus because he lived in, in his time, but to show that this um, mentality was so pervasive um, that even... Um, so you know, Lutheran theologians at the time, those who are speaking out in our synod, um, not only didn't say anything, but contributed to the mentality that birth control is a is a useful thing in uh, in in uh, furthering oh I don't know uh, good economics you know because children are expensive mm-hmm. right and um, I do not think you learned that oh that's another hundred points conference. that's off so now you're negative four hundred you learned that too yeah. Dang. Um, Any minute you're going to trip. 
Now, so so let me see, let me see if I get this straight. Now, so th- that in the sixties, uh, the Missouri Synod was especially struggling with the ideas of birth control, and um, and plan Planned Parenthood, etc. And that was kind of led into this. I mean, it kind of opened the door to. Um, or well, softened our critique of the abortion culture, or what? Yeah, he he was there? he was using the the LCMS writers as sort of a uh, a uh, a pulse of the culture, you know, so that that we ourselves weren't um, you know immune to these ideas. But I mean, the the things that Alfred Rainwinkle says in this 1959 book um, not only echoed Margaret Singer, but defended Margaret Singer. Um, and hmm. and and what this does is set the idea that children are not a blessing, but children are a burden. Um, and so it, you 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 go from the idea uh, that you know, having too many children is like having too many flowers, <laughs> to boy that I don't know that we can afford to have so many children. Yeah. Now now once that and and Margaret Singer comes up with this because. Being a housewife is being a slave, and the children are the chains to that slave. Because if if you have uh, uh, ten ten is children, that what, is that what Margaret Singer said? Did um, she no, use that language? No, no, no. Um, no, no. Th- that's, okay, okay. Th- but but she well she would she would talk about the housewife being forced as a slave. Um, but but to make the connection, the reason uh. then she'd be against children to promote birth controls because if if you have ten children. Um, Mom, mom's not looking to be a CEO of a company, you know, um, and right. so so that was oppressive. Um, now all of this just sort of set the table for when um, uh, abortion comes around. Well, it's just the next step. It's just conceptually easy to understand that. Well, if if having lots of children is a drain on the economy, then having no children on demand. Uh, should also be good for the economy. He he pointed out. Okay, remember the Sandra Fluke deal? Remember that? Uh, no. Uh, Sandra Fluke was the one who uh, testified before Congress to to defend the idea that um, uh, birth control should be uh, in the. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, was Obama, it Rush Limbaugh got in trouble about talking about Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And okay. um, yeah. and the argument was that well, children uh, are expensive. <laughs> and Doctor Scare made the good point. That yeah, children are expensive at first, but then they don't realize that then they be, kind of become contributing members of society. So they're they're expensive, but who's going to pay for Sandra Fluke's social security? <laughs> That's right. Some every person who has a job at one time was an expensive child. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at just look at how the the, the numbers are decreasing in our Missouri Senate. You know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, at one time it was like three million people. Now we're down like one point five million. We're just not replacing them with our kids. Um, right, that's right. Uh, that's right. People think, well, it's, well, it's, it's, we're not it's, doing it's, missions. Well, we're not procreating is a problem. Right. It's. It, I mean, it's a problem of thinking of people only as consumers and not as, in fact, producers. So, but I don't think you learned that about that at all. That's another. So you're at negative 500 points, um, Pastor Wolf Miller. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of stuff you learned. <laughs> Unlike any pastor conference I've been to. All right, I know. When we come back from this break, we're going to be some, creating some cults, so stay tuned.
Don't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. This is Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing the game Create a Cult. Uh, we got this email from uh, Chris. Chris writes. Jo- oh, Chris. Oh, yeah, Chris. Chris. He says. Sorry. Chris, just I'm, wanted I'm to say that you guys are the talk radio highlight of my week. Woo! Look at that. I would say highlight of the week. <laughs> period. But that would. My heart flutter. <laughs> He says, I would say the highlight of my week, period, but that would make me sound so much like I have no life and that I have nothing better to do than to wait anxiously all week for the podcast to update while I pacify myself with the unbalanced co-hosting of Rosenblatt and company, as well as learn about all fisking from the worldview that keeps on lasting show and not off to some guy with a rose in a pirate ship who likes to imitate mighty uh, Monty Python. Uh, what's with radio these days, nice. anyway? Not, but not you guys. You guys are solid not gold, us. CRR Fresh. style all the way. What's CRR? Yeah. What's CRR? CRR? Club Rogue River. What do you mean? Oh, what's right, CRR? right, yeah, Club, Club Rogue, Rogue River. Of course, yeah. What are you I know. talking about? What I was just making CRR? sure you knew. <laughs> I want you to forget what CRR was. What is CRR? <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I just went to CRR last night. I know what it is. Um, I dig, he says, the witch ladder and create occult games, by the way, especially the cult one. because you had overdue books. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Sorry, Evan. We'd love to have no, you. No, they have a deal <laughs> that if you pay your overdue book fines, you get in the club for free that night. That's the cover charge. It's the cover charge. That's right. <laughs> it's literally the cover charge. The cover of the book. Get it? Oh, man. That's a joke that just keeps you on. You guys should try culting to Psalm uh, 120, verse 4, and Third John, and it just says verse 2. Um, so, Pastor Wolf, um, which one of those do you want? Let's do, uh, I'll take the Psalm. Okay. One, what is it, 120? Chapter 120, verse, verse 4. 120 verse 4. Okay, I'm just opening it right now. Great. Let's hear about uh, your cult. Now, the way... Oh, yeah, so, you so need to explain way, how it here, works. I'll read the text. The way the cult works, uh, apparently we have criteria that we just looked up. <laughs> and that is that it's believable, that the text is massively distorted, and that it has a moralistic, a mystic, and a rationalistic view, uh, a portion to it. So my, my, the, my, the sharp arrows of the warrior... With the coals of the broom tree. That is not even a sentence. I have to look at the context. Sharp arrows of the warrior with the coals of the broom tree. Uh, so my, is, uh, my, um, my cult is called the sharp arrow cult. Um, Psalm 120, verse 4, sharp arrow cult. And, uh, and what we do now, the sharp arrows are for the men. So all the men um, carry with them a sharp arrow. Now, it's not a real arrow. Um, it's a miniature arrow. Uh, they they have a necklace and they wear it on the necklace, but it is incredibly sharp and causes trouble with the TSA. Uh, <laughs> the women of the cult 
have uh, coals from the broom tree. Now, this is kind of difficult because the broom tree grows only in very exotic locations. So uh, most of our church, our mission trips are to go to places like Australia and Africa where they have the broom tree, uh, some places in the Middle East. Uh, and we'll take the broom tree and we actually make the coal out of it. We do the whole thing, you know, we, we cover it and we burn it and we cover it in leaves so that it becomes coal like this. And that coal is used um, in uh, in three different rituals that we have. Uh, so the first is we use the coal of the broom tree to boil the water before baptism. And, uh, and, uh, and that's an important sort of thing to purify the water. Uh, the second is we use that coal on incense when we have our we have three rites of initiation for children when they turn ten and when they turn twenty and when they turn twenty five and the coal burns the incense and the incense is brushed over the children like this and then the third thing we do with the with the coal of the broom tree is we will write a list of our own sins um, that we've committed and we will use that coal to burn them and that <laughs> burning is considered a sacrifice of atonement. Uh, now, um, the women have most of the work, apparently, in this cult because they have the coals. They, uh, the fellows just will um, have their arrows, and they carry them around. That's my sharp arrow cult. That's, that, that, yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so, so, okay, so I, I would say it's uh, halfway believable. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty distorted of the text. I think that's pretty good. And uh, you had a lot of... Um, <laughs> moralistic stuff in there i guess huh um, there was a lot of stuff to do but i mean yeah. if you're there you realize how how spiritually moving it oh, is. oh yeah, yeah i i didn't quite get that sense because i'm just hearing you describe it um i think it's then uh my job and then reversely when i go to uh your job when to kind of read the text and put it in its better context um i'm going to go back up to verse five woe is me for i sojourn sojourn in madesh uh, for I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. For uh, I am for peace when I speak. Oh, am, am I reading the right verse? Yeah, yeah. You just started after my verse instead of before. Oh, oh. <laughs> when I do context, so when you I said probably... back up, you actually went forward. It's like how, how <laughs> you were doing the Congo last night. Let me you try that again. around and you were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> in my trouble, I cried to the Lord, and He answered me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from my lying from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with burning coals of the broom tree. Yeah, there you go. I'm not 100 percent sure what the text means, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't mean what I said it means. <laughs> well, I I mean I was I can speak to the context. I don't think I can speak to the verse, but the context um, here we have uh, uh, another lament, right? Crying out to the Lord because um, mm-hmm. here the 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 psalmist is in the midst of of those who uh, are deceitful and lying, um, and I and I think that you know if we were you know how people will come home and and just have a lot to say that everything this this is going on at work and so and so's backstabbing so and so and they're lying to to get this job and et cetera et cetera et cetera. This is exactly what Psalm one twenty is all about. That all of those around you and in, in uh, those that you work with are uh, uh, lying and uh, wicked and are, are cutthroat to get what they want. And in the midst of this, the psalmist just says, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me. <laughs> he delivered my soul from yep. these lying lips. Um, so uh, 
so I, I, I so that's <clears throat> the context. Now, if you have something better to say about verse four, sharp arrows of the warrior with burning coals of the broom tree, I'd be open to hearing it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah, it's not no, this mean, cult think, that you're saying. I, I, I think. Yeah. So here's all the trouble that surrounds is that the psalmist is giving us an image of the trouble, and the image is the is the arrows of a warrior and the burning coals. So there's 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 uh, threats on every side. Uh, to be burned, to be run through, um, so it's like being attacked uh, and being cooked. That's that's how he feels. Uh, that's the trouble that he's going through, ah, and maybe not just how he feels, but that might actually be how it is. Mm. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Uh, the, the Psalms assume. I mean, this is the main thing here. The Psalms assume that we have enemies, uh, and that we're uh, and that we're living this life in all sorts of trouble. But they also assume that God is not our enemy, and so we pray to Him in times of trouble. Very nice. Well, I want time for my cult, and yeah, get to it. The verse here is, "Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper, and be in good health, just as your soul prospers." Okay. Now, um, yeah. my cult is called question. "Be Loving." <laughs> get it, beloved? <laughs> be loving. And uh, one of the uh, I get it. One of the <laughs> main features it. of the "Be Loving" cult. Um, is that, first of all, uh, it's on the foundation of prosperity. And so that uh, if you are indeed loving, if you are being loving, you will prosper. And so uh, your prosperity, in, in, in this sense, uh, purely financial, um, is the direct result <laughs> of your lovingness. And this is right from St. Paul. He tells us this. Uh, that if if you are loving, then uh, you will prosper financially. So that's the first indicator that you're doing a good job at uh, just being loving. It's good if you Saint Paul or Saint John. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, Saint John. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm seeing a little inconsistency in your cult creation. I misspoke. I, I, I misspoke. Saint John. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I forget. Luther, Melanchthon, you know, I just, I sometimes get yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Peter. <laughs> I mean, who really wrote the Augsburg Confession? Melanchthon, but you, yeah. you hear Luther in the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. Same you think thing. Paul's here behind what John? It could says. be. You know, we're, so, we're so analyzing. So, hold on, so let me, I like, I'm, I mean, I'm tempted to your cult. So the idea is you have to be loving, and if you're loving, you will financially prosper? Yes, yes, so far. Now, it's good if you insert that word just, so just be loving. That actually helps um, understand uh, everything. Um, Now, the second indicator that you are being loving to those around you is that you are in good health. As the verse plainly says, Beloved, I pray in all respects you may prosper and be in good health. So um, you won't get sick if you're being loving, and you won't uh, uh, you won't um, getting diseases, or you might not even die if you're really good at this. And then, lastly, your soul will prosper. You will have the uh, the the feelings of the heart that say that you're close to God. Now, Pastor, we're short on time. Oh, Ten God. seconds. What's wrong with my cult? Well, the problem is it already exists. It's like half of American <laughs> Christianity. All right. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Where the points are like all the social benefits of wearing a, a uh, arrow Thanks around your neck. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. 
Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 